Hey, fiends of the pod, this is your host, Nate Wyckoff, and I want to remind you, go ahead and like and subscribe and check out cultandclassicfilms.com where you can get uh, cult movies exclusive to us with uh, all sorts of extras like pogs, we're supposed to call them milk caps. They're not pogs, I don't know what pogs are. Autographed posters, slip covers, all sorts of neat things. You can also subscribe to have them delivered to your door every month at a discount. That is cultandclassicfilms.com. Uh, remember, like, subscribe, comment, and uh, refer to your friends, even your enemies. Every time you like and subscribe, we make sure Michael Sarah makes another film. Yeah, that's right. It's us. <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome to Cult and Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Cult and Classic Films, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and talk about them both, except when we don't, which is what we're doing this time. We're talking about two ultra-low-budget indie films, uh, both by director-writer Adam Thorne, uh, who has been on this podcast before. You can check out his interview in our archives at cultandclassicfilms.com. And, of course, spoiler alert, these films are also the double feature that we released as our first uh, subscription cult movie service. So you can go to cultingclassicfilms.com and subscribe to get cult movies exclusive to us sent to you every month cheap. I swear, it is actually cheap. It's like 20 bucks for the standard edition, shipping included, and 25 for the collector's edition that comes with like milk caps. Remember those from the 90s? Autograph posters, cool exclusive slip covers, all that jazz. Plus, the artwork is all done by uh, professional artists in this case, me, uh, for this for this release. And we have new ones sending out every month. You can also buy them from our web store at cultandclassicfilms.com for a slight additional cost. So subscribing is the best deal and you get cool stuff every month. This month, we're actually sending out uh, Mark Mackner's first film, uh, which is called Half-Life Horror uh, from Hell or uh, Irradiated Satan Rocks the World. It is a very fun film, and I am uh, announcing here before anyone else has heard it that we will also be including his lost second feature, which features characters in it that are in his later movies uh, that has never before been released. Never, ever, ever. So you actually get two features on this new one as well. Uh, don't get used to it. I'm just kidding. We'll always give you as much as we possibly can every month. So a lot of fun. Uh, Mark Mackner, you may recognize his name for making the Daisy Durkin film series of which the new one die daisy die is in post-production now so fun stuff all right so last week we talked about the first film on the double feature uh which is called assault on the snake men from 2020 uh we all had nice things to say about it although uh mandy felt that this week's feature Muppet pastor was uh more enjoyable and it's interesting because it is i feel like even though like I like both these movies, they're different. Uh, they're from the same director. They have similar aesthetics in a way, but they are very different movies. And I enjoy uh, seeing a, a filmmaker really tackle kind of different vibes each way. So this was made earlier than Assault on the Snake Man, Muppet Pastor 2017. And unlike Assault on the Snake Man, it actually stars uh, filmmaker Adam Thorne as the lead character, Father Colm McDwink. And Muppet Pastor, I describe it as... Um, the Exorcist and Muppet crossover film that the government doesn't want you to see, which I think is pretty accurate. Uh, the plot, so it goes, uh, is that Colin McDwink is an exorcist. Um, he's kind of a, 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 a mm, 
wishful drunk exorcist. He likes to grab a pint every chance he gets. And he has success with getting rid of demons, but not necessarily saving lives. Uh, he is called to a young woman's aid uh, and uh, turns out that demons have been loosed and have taken over three Muppet. Okay, they're not Muppets. I can't use that term. That term is copyrighted, but puppets. Uh, and these puppets are tormenting and murdering people. And it's up to uh, Father McDwink to uh, exercise them and find out who has caused all this mayhem. Very, very bonkers fun film. So I, of course, am your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And like usual, I don't introduce us right away. With us, we have longtime contributor Mandy, who has a more stable connection than she did last week when we talked about Assault on the Snake Man, and she ghosted us. How are you doing, Mandy? So many times. So many times. I was I was assaulting the Snake Man at the time. Um, I, I am here for all of the fake mustaches in my full mustache enthusiasm. Yes, this is, um, uh, let's see, the first choice for Colin McTwink was uh, Tom Selleck, uh, and, and he, had a, he had a conflict, he couldn't do it, uh, he had some charity work, uh, but you know, he, he, he sent his regards and a mustache, and it is featured prominently in this movie. We also have with us Greg Johnson, how are you doing, Greg? You know, uh, I'm doing, how are you? Uh, What's I'm, new? I'm... I'm... <laughs> i am all right and i will say that greg and i both have in addition to other facial hair mustaches uh especially right now we can see them so you know i uh i might i might bust some demons down later i'm not sure uh i, I just you know got to be careful who's around because the survival rate of people around exorcists in movies is not that high okay so uh this is also fitting because exorcists um the believers the the new exorcist sequel that uh they're really trying to hype as a legitimate uh, pairing to the original Exorcist film um, by directed by William Friedkin and written by William Peter Blatty, which is truly a, an iconic classic, whether or not you enjoy horror films or religious horror films. We'll see. We will see. I do know that they bumped up the release date of uh, the new Exorcist because they didn't want it to conflict as much with the Taylor Swift eras film uh, that's coming out. So that, you know, I don't know, take that as you will. Uh, Moopit Pastor. First off, I want to say Moopit Pastor has an awesome cover and 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 uh, and poster for this release. Not just because I made it, but uh, filmmaker Adam Thorne said that this is as well his favorite uh, thus far. The plot is, as I said, Colin McDwink goes from house to house trying to help people, uh, somewhat against his will. He's reticent to do these things, but he does them. He narrates much of the film, and uh, he has some some fun exorcist powers that he uses and sometimes those powers include beating the shit out of puppets and uh it, it works it does work overall and then there's this little twist ending that no one would see coming because it is impossible uh to know about and that is the most fun kind of insane comedy so this is a horror comedy last week assault on the snake man was solidly a, a sci-fi comedy um this one is is similar concept in that it is taking a, a serious genre film idea and making it fun for our enjoyment i'm not really going to try the irish accent that uh adam accomplishes in this movie it would just it would just be bastardizing something beautiful but it is consistent throughout the movie and i do enjoy it and as mandy said he has a mustache sometimes it is upside down uh i will give you that as well like, sometimes it's a different shape 
sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I think I have the same pack of mustaches. It's probably mainly why I'm so excited about it. I am just it's a fan of the dollar store pack of mustaches. Uh, yes. They're the best. Yeah, I I have I have some as well. Uh, when I when I went uh, for a Halloween as um, as as Will Ferrell's character from Anchorman, um, Ron Burgundy, and apparently I'm going that way as well. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, you can do that as well at youtube.com slash at Colton Classic Films. Don't forget the at symbol because YouTube decided that was important. Now uh, you can watch and you can see my hair is getting getting to the Ron Burgundy era or length. <clears throat> yes, I'm still suffering from COVID, okay? It's been a long haul. Greg, you watch uh, both of these films, as we we all did. What was your expectation when you went into Moopit Pastor? I know you watched it first of this double feature. What was your expectation, and what did you come away with? Um, You know, we, uh, unfortunately, you know, Tad's not with us, but I think he, he even talking to us, summed it up best in I went in hoping for a lot more Muppet and a little less Pastor, mm-hmm. um, and it uh, I I felt like it was a like a concept of a film where they're like let's do something with puppets instead of hey let's have this idea how do how do we make it a little funnier oh my god what if the ghosts are puppets it felt like they had the puppets before the film and it. It was just kind of disjointed for me. Um, I there were there. I will say, um, I I did love all the gore of this. That was yes. that was some really top notch. Like some ideas, I'm like I've never thought of that. I, I like in a million years, I would never think. Okay, I don't have blood packs. I don't have prostate. I don't have any of this any shit that you need to make gore look real. How do I do something that's still is grotesque and interesting and there were just some really you know um the whatever the mold was that they used for someone's face and then they were like stabbing out the eye yeah the eye the eye separating scene it's funny yeah. it's one of those things that even when you it's like a lot of 80s movies with practical effects even when though you know it's fake it's it's nauseating there's just it's in it's representational enough that it that it's home and the fact that it's in this movie that is clearly a comedy it reminded me a little bit of like a diy version of um of of uh early 2000 simon Pegg movie you know like a, a hot fuzz kind of moment where it's so funny and then you have this extreme gore hitting everywhere uh there are those moments and there's a lot of you know there's a couple of throats slitting there's a a very foul-mouthed nun who has her her throat slit by one of the puppets which throat throat cutting is always is always gruesome um uh, i i I believe um it's in fact i know it is it's a yulia zachenko plays um sister florence who curses up a storm and uh she actually has has done quite a few films at this point um and uh you know you can you can check out her career and uh and that's and i think it's only going to go up which is cool uh, Serena milan is in this as well who played the snake queen in assault on the snake man and she in this plays the young woman who is um beset by these demon puppets uh betty and there are uh, there are other priests in this as well. Uh, there is is Ian Butt and Bob Blaschuk. Uh, Adam, of course, plays Father Cole McDwink. And I think 
So this movie I saw after, this is a feature I saw long after I first saw Assault on the Snake Man and watched it several times. And it was, what struck me is I, I hadn't thought of it as, as Greg and as Greg said, Tad thought of it, which is that like Transformers, I wanted more puppets. Um, they do show up very sporadically. Um, but when they do show up, it is pretty great. Uh, we see them fighting over a hand at one point with no dialogue, uh, and that I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, there's also my favorite scene of this, which sort of combines the idea of the the special, the ingenious special effects that Greg mentioned um, with the puppets, which is when uh, Father McDwink is defeating, I believe, hit the first puppet that he, that he really encounters, and he's punching it in the air. He's literally holding a puppet and punching it in the air, which is just hilarious to see. And then he eventually slams it down on a frying pan, and its face is ripped open to reveal a drawing of a skull <laughs> underneath the face, which is we've talked about this kind of hilarious like 2D application uh, before, like uh, with... Um, the the Legend of Zelda fan film, which is still a favorite to think about, uh, it, which we talked about in our, our video game fan film episode many moons ago, uh, which, by the way, hey out there, Sparks, we appreciate uh, the, the filmmaker and crew uh, following us. That's nice. And uh, but they used a, a 2D picture of like a, a king for the dead. Uh, the dead king in that it's just a, a 2d picture and the polonia brothers who i keep mentioning when i talk about these because they also were sort of kings of diy movie making uh at the time you know in the early days especially had used like i remember in i think it's feeders two a cat is killed by one of the feeding aliens and we see a a like 2d drawing it looks like in paint of a dead cat like they just took a picture of the sleeping cat and then replaced part of it with like red uh and that's just you know that kind of stuff always cracks me up it's 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 just a it's a hilarious delight um so there are gore effects the, the effects are more um i think i guess i would say in depth than they are in assault on the snake man assault on the snake man does have some fun um special effect moments we talked about uh, you know a severed hand and things and guns things like that being shot but this one was clear it was clearly more of a focus and i think it's because it's a horror themed film whereas horror is so known for its its practical effects it truly is next to you know kind of highbrow science fiction it's next it's, it's like it is the most common practical effect uh genre that there is and so having it in there does make it feel much more like a legitimate horror film that they can then lampoon with these ridiculous performances something that i really loved about this and i think we'll, we'll get to that um in a second when we talk about mandy's take is adam really carrying the father colin mcdwink character uh, i think he has some great moments and it's interesting to hear adam that as i mentioned last week the commentary uh is on our release of this uh, for both Muppet Pastor and Assault on the Snake Man, Adam is alone for the commentary on Muppet Pastor, and we get some really awesome filmmaker tips, tricks, and information about this as he rewatches it. And one of the things he really cringes at now is the fact that he feels like this is sort of a vanity project because it stars him. You know, he's he's the filmmaker, um, uh, and he's uh, making it about him basically, which is funny because watching the film i know of course 
who he is and that that's him but it doesn't to me as a viewer it doesn't feel that way at all um i feel like he actually doesn't give himself more screen time than he needs which is the dead giveaway for a vanity film right um he doesn't get the girl which is another big one for any male-led vanity film um it's not it's certainly not uh rupaul charles star booty right like it's 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 not a vanity project to that level where it's just like hmm uh to be crass about it uh children cover your ears uh i want to suck some dicks and step on some some testicles i'm going to make a movie so i can just do that for the runtime it's not that 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 sentiment is not here uh there's no version of that here i think that he plays the character as opposed to um playing the film right for his own benefit uh, but i can definitely see how it might feel that way when you're making a movie and everything seems to be about your character it can definitely feel sort of uh, masturbatory to continue the gross uh, metaphors. There's nothing gross about masturbation. Let's move beyond that as a culture. Mandy, this was your favorite of the pair. What were you expecting when you went into Muppet Pastor and, and what did you come away with? I, I don't know, like, I guess I'd, I'd watched the assaults on the snake bed and I was like, not that into it as we almost discussed in the last episode uh this one i was kind of expecting maybe more of the same except it seemed like it had a sillier premise because it referenced moopits um i was you know and it might have just been like a perfect storm for me because i am also a huge fan of exorcist films like the original like and like you know basically every other one that has been released since then uh and so it was like that plus it was super silly Plus, they had the ridiculous, like, slapstick, well, like, like, the ridiculous humor layered over, like, the horror and, like, the kind of ridiculous element of what was being possessed in this. And I was like, I don't know. It just left me being like, this is the perfect horror film for a parent of a small child who is also happens to be a fan of The Exorcist. Like, this is great. This is for me. Like, this is, these are the movies I need. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, long-time listeners of this podcast, and probably even not long-time listeners, will know I am obsessed with puppets. I am a sucker for puppets. Um, our, 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 our film releasing has puppets in the future. There are just puppets are love, puppets are life. And I will say that um, the idea of a, a, a demon puppet movie really got to me. And it's not, there have been think sort of of this concept there was evil tunes bef uh, before which is <laughs> was released by full moon which i'm sure we'll talk about someday on this pod uh but that the sort of idea of taking something that's typically associated with children's entertainment and making it uh night like a horror film in this case a comedy horror film like this sort this, of reminds me this felt similar to the pinata movie that we did killer pinata yes and yeah. and we will be talking about uh the sequel which has been wrapped bride of the killer pinata uh which is, yes so um shout out shout out to to their uh their production company it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i can see that totally that's very much in the vein right it's a comedic horror movie and also tad mentioned last week um these films sort of felt like a he he thought first of um thanks killing which we talked about on this pod as well which features another another puppet and uh i i enjoy this this is one of those movies actually that i enjoyed it more um the more i watched it which is interesting because i find that for myself uh what i call stupid comedies a lot of people do you know that sort of dumb and dumber anchorman um 
they they actually get funnier for me the more I watch them because comedy is hard. And while something can seem unintelligent at first, the more I see these kind of movies, the more nuance and an actual intentional comedy comes through. And, and the fact that you're like, oh, wow, they actually had to work hard to do X, Y, and Z and make it work. Uh, and and that sort of impresses me. And then it gives me an, it gives me sort of permission then to actually enjoy it instead of thinking about, you know, is this dumb? Is this real? Is this bad? Is this good? And and so the more I watched this, I actually really liked it more and more. And what I actually found most enjoyable were a lot of Adam's lines as Colin McDwink, like how he delivers them because he chews the scenery when he when he wants to, like when he's exercising uh i think i think he's exercising sarita's character i may be wrong on which which time because he does a few exorcisms but he's like go into a new home yeah fucking spirits like it's just the the delay you know it's the it's the um frankenfurter anticipation like it's just that kind of timing is intentional um they're also you can go check out our trailer for both Assault on the Snake Man and Muppet Pastor. It's the trailer number two uh, on cultandclassicfilms.com or on our YouTube channel. Uh, they're both there. And you can see some great moments from these that I personally believe do not give away the whole uh, vibe of the film. But there's a great my favorite, favorite moment is when we're first we're introduced to the first possession. And it kind of is what's setting the, you know, telling us what this movie will include, which tropes, which um exorcist cliches that will be there and this this priest's mother is possessed who's played by one of their male friends and he's on the bed and he's like your mother darn socks in hell and you're like okay that's a funny joke but it's been done many times the play on the um the you know exorcist linda blair your mother sucks cocks in hell phrase um but then <laughs> then he goes uh they're talking about what they need to do to exercise and he goes and you're fat and they're like that's uncalled but like and where'd they train you the fatican it's just the the puns and then like the just ridiculous like uh self-awareness as 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 was mentioned um is funny and i love like that moment to me would have been enough but then there are other moments throughout um and it does do something that assault on the snake man doesn't do uh as much which is and greg kind of got to this uh with the gore it does sort of evil dead style or you know evil dead 2 style i guess i would say dead by dawn alternate from horror to comedy like it goes back and forth whereas assault on the snake man has a very consistent tone there are moments as i said like with hot fuzz where it goes between the two um somewhat seamlessly and it's a really nice way to keep engagement up uh i will also say what um something tad actually i think greg you mentioned this was uh and tad might have done it as well the plot is not as much of a straight line here there are scenes that feel more i won't say padding because there are things that occur in them but they feel like what do we do for this scene we need this to occur okay well let's just wing it um which is interesting because i know having listened to the commentary that both of these films they're actually filmed that way they have a very short script which is basically um a, what needs to happen here and who needs to be in the scene and then they sort of ad-lib it together which is impressive actually because for for non uh oh the theme song wanted to start again uh, because it's 
ad-libbing is hard. All you got to do is is watch uh, the Dogma extended cut and deleted scenes, and you will know that ad-libbing is hard. Ask Matt Damon. Uh, and they they do it for most of these movies here, which gets to this sort of skit-based vibe, uh, which is a lot of fun. Greg, you look like you were going to say something before I prattled on like a insufferable know-it-all. Um, no, I was just gonna. Uh, I was just gonna say you prattled on like an insufferable know-it-all. Um, <laughs> I was gonna uh, the <laughs> overall. I I I thought assault on it's 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 weird because assault on Sickman I liked more overall, literally overall, like the whole package put together. But because of the gore, I felt like Muppet Pastor was actually funnier as a film. Um, I think there's something just so hilarious about like you you think about an you think about Evil Dead, you think about a Sam Raimi film, you think about you know Bruce Campbell, you know, really just fucking chewing the scenery, screaming, laughing as he uses the chainsaw or whatever, and blood just shooting him, just spraying him, soaking yeah. him more blood than is possible. And then you think about something like Move It Pastor where he takes that same concept of something's happening. And then like, it's very obviously like, you know, they're just like ripping open hot sauce packets or something really fast and squeezing it at them. But it has that same look, just $10 versus $10,000. Very Um, accurate. Um, but the the thing that that made me think about that was um the the your mother folds socks in hell and there's a joke that that happens before the Fatican one where like I I can't remember the exact word but like oh your mother folds socks in hell and like you see both the priests like oh that wasn't that wasn't so bad like kind of like they were expecting the your mother sucks cocks in yeah. hell but it wasn't and then the de- like the demon says something like yeah but like the sucks are for dicks because it's, we're in hell and like and like just says something very vulgar yes and like that yeah like that i y- you do get a lot more of that unexpected kind of off the wall humor the movie faster yeah. versus assault on snake man kind of has like you, you feel it leading up in that movie. You feel the build up mm. to a to a punchline versus move it pastor. It's just kind of anything can happen. Yeah, and and I think and that it it in that way it feels more more skit based, right? Because scene to scene, it may be driving to something, but it may also just be to deliver some jokes. Um, I was thinking sort of, and I'm I'm not. I'm not debasing this film by comparing it to this, but because I'm not a huge fan. But uh, the uh, is it Dead Lizard, the 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 improv troupe that made Super Trooper and Club Dread. Uh, yeah, I could be Broken Lizard. There you go. Uh, I believe it is. And and so I'm not a huge fan of those films. I appreciate what they were trying to do. I just I didn't love it. Uh, uh, a cab all the way. But um, don't arrest me. Uh, my my stickers are up to date. But Muppet Pastor has that vibe, right? It's an Im- it's it's clearly an improv. Whereas, and I think it's because the plot is more loosey goosey, uh, as you mentioned, Greg, last week uh, for Soul and the Snake Man, where there is a a plot that moves from X Y or <laughs> X Y from A to Z, and uh, yeah, and I think that's why. That said, I also think Muppet Pastor has a more cinematic feel from the beginning because of how it opens. Uh, Sultan the Snake Man has this delightful opening where it's a it's a narrator like talking over like a spaceship, uh, a green screen spaceship, and and you know chimpanzee masks or ape masks, aliens just kind of 
miming anger, uh, which is bonkers. And it, it sets you up to be, oh, this is going to be a, a, goo a goofball fest. Um, and I love it. But but Muppet Pastor starts out in a much more traditional way, a, a very exorcist way. You get an actual panning shot of the building that we're going to be entering first with uh, a, a, a very exorcist um, moment where we see Father Colin McDwink at sort of a midway distance from the back in silhouette against the building. Um, and obviously, Adam Adam is a film critic. He understands his references. Uh, he also, it's interesting you said Sam Raimi because I was talking to him about uh, this particular camera work that was done when he's, I believe it's when he's exercising Sarita again, he lifts his hand up and the camera does this really cool handheld pan from like low on his left hip where his hand is hanging all the way up in a spiral to where he's holding up his right hand, but it's all over the shoulder towards, um, towards the character of Betty. And it's this really cool unusual moment and he's like yeah that was my sam raimi moment right like where i'm doing it. i was like yeah that is what it feels like there's both of these movies have creative choices i think Muppet pastor probably has some more that you can easily pick out because they are so referential to horror iconic horror moments um and so that's a lot of fun uh the puppets when they do show up are fun i really love the the sort of grim reaper puppet it's like a a skull with it's just a skull with like a hood and no no real body and um there's this climactic battle where colin Dwing actually fights it and it becomes like a mardi gras head basically of a skull like this big this big head and they have this totally ridiculous fist and kick fight and it's a lot of fun i really like that one and it's in a the, kitchen and the thing the is so skull big just it just it becomes like just like almost like a sticky note on the screen, basically, right? Like had <laughs> one, but yeah, it's just it's really it's it's out there, and it's one of the, it's another one of those things where it's not expected, and so it's like it's not like my mind was so blown that I like had to like put it on pause and run around the room in a circle like a big reveal. It's just I'm watching it because I'm like you know, and that's the goal, right? You're always just supposed to be kept to the screen, and that's what it did. Uh, and because there is, it's sort of, we've been getting around it. A lot of the humor in this one, it's not visual. Some of it's visual, but a lot of it is dialogue based that it's one of those things where multiple viewings for me improved it there as well, because I keep hearing additional jokes that I didn't either didn't register or didn't remember. Uh, and, and there are some legitimately funny dialogue in this, uh, it's also fun uh watching Yulia and Adam mentioned this in uh in his commentary too but it's fun watching her like swear because apparently he's like you have to be really foul mouthed and he had to push her because she's not like that and watching someone who does not usually use foul language like trying to be over the top with it it's bonkers how much mental real estate it takes to do that and so watching someone who clearly isn't just kind of go off on a rant it's like they become it's like they're operating in their own world and it's not it's not a bad thing at all it's actually really good in this moment because it's like it's almost like a different kind of possession is occurring on screen where the other characters are just reacting to this loose cannon who really is not in the same place or time as they are and i i enjoyed that scene a lot and there's a couple of moments like that there's also this really funny um floating head uh like greet like um I don't even know how to describe it, like a holographic floating image where Colin McDwink gets a, a message from a, a previous 
previous victim and um and that is that is funny as well uh it's it makes me think of the opposite of uh the of, of mark polonia's El, uh, hell on a shelf the elf on a shelf horror movie that we we reviewed here where it's all build up with no payoff um there should have been things like this like the floating head like the gore there needed to be i had one friend who was an inspiring filmmaker who called them I, I don't like this word but he called them nuggets because he was like you have to give you have to give viewers like nuggets in each scene otherwise you're you're wasting an opportunity and what he meant by that is this scene needs to have a really cool camera work this scene needs to have like this explosion that's the nugget here it's, it's something new and exciting to look at you have to have a really hammer a good joke here you know these nuggets are the things that you may have a scene that needs to happen for the progress of the plot um and if you just if you just do the bare minimum and like yeah they were that he was her father like and they needed to know that as an audience that's not you're wasting an opportunity to give them something more that they're going to enjoy. And that was the concept of the nugget. And I think that Adam does a good job, especially in movement pastor doing unique things to get people to continue to watch. Uh, and, and, and that's because we have a lot of different elements, you know, the, the dialogue humor, the reaction shots, especially from Adam in this movie are funny uh, because, and you add the fact that what Mandy mentioned with his mustache being different all the time at different angles, sometimes upside down, whatever. It's like, um, it's like, it's like if you put, this is, this is out there, but it's sort of like if you took a bunch of fan drawings of Wario and put them on a, a slideshow at a high speed, that's how different every scene, like the mustache is uh and it it i was i enjoyed that i enjoyed that a lot uh there's also a a very strong chance for a sequel i know another filmmaker online uh who knows adam recently said that they plan to do uh to write a sequel to this movie i'm very curious for that to ever happen because i think a, a sequel of either of these movies but especially Moop It pastor could be quite entertaining because like um tad uh, who who could make it today use the example of the Transformers films, which is something I've always bitched about is that the Michael Bay movies really tried to cram more people in. And I'm not, you know, I love Megan Fox. Um, I think, you know, she did a, a good job. Um, there, why are there so many friggin' people? You, you have giant robots with the best voices in all of voice acting and you're shoving people down our throat. Like what insanity is that? Um, and that's sort of, you know, Yes, that's true. Uh, with the puppets, we want more puppets. That said, I appreciate them being there. And I think that there was a, a strong effort made for the actors to sort of have these, these nugget moments, especially with the humor, the, 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 the actual spoken jokes uh, are pretty funny, you know, uh, Betty being possessed and saying something incredibly foul, and just Cole McDwink's response of well, that was uncalled for like just the actually being offended at a demon like that's sort of ridiculous and we we feel that as we watch it also there's a great scene where um the demonic energy is is sort of tormenting Betty's character and we get like a giant domo the the brown cube character like a stuffed domo thrown at her and there's lots of uh, old school 80s haunted haunting movie moments like a little musical toy going off by itself things falling off the shelves and the cameras actually moving around the room as it happens 
good stuff like that. I could see, I would love to see a full haunted house film uh, from Adam. I think that that would be pretty cool. Of course, Amityville Outhouse has some elements of that as well, which like I said, we'll talk about. So let's move on to who we would recommend this film to. Uh, I would recommend this film to people who really like, um, who are sort of classic horror enthusiasts because there are so many nods to it. And if you like, uh, like 80s and 90s shot on video horror, all the better because it has that great DIY feel. And as Greg said, the moments of gore are a lot of fun because it is that. Uh, I was thinking uh, when I saw like the eye removal scene, which I think is kind of a famous scene for Riot films at this point. I was thinking of the first Toxic Avenger film from Troma where, and, and many films after, uh, when Lloyd Kaufman would talk about how they did the effects of crushed or exploding heads. And what they would do is they would go to the grocery store and they would get a uh, a watermelon and they would hollow it out and they would shove it with like, I think they used ketchup and stuff, but ketchup and raw hamburger meat. And, and then they would just put basically a wig on that. And I think even a mask. And then they would just crush it and usually usually relatively quickly and obscured. So you couldn't really tell that it was a watermelon. And you, of course, thankfully, I think most of us don't really know what a crushed human head would look like. I'm certainly not Googling it. Uh, you know, we may have seen it in passing on accident, but uh, it looks really gruesome and disgusting. And it's literally, you know, 15 to 20 dollars at the grocery store for a shockingly effective effect and that's kind of this this vibe like i love that diy element um so if you if any of that sounds interesting to you mupa pastor should be watched by you and sit back grab a beer soda whatever and a snack and just it's 50 minutes much like assault on the snake men you're going to be hard pressed not to finish the movie um i wish more theater films like in japan were 50 minutes because as much as i love like I'm a defender of the four hour Zack Snyder Justice League. I love it. Uh, but I would, most movies are not Zack Snyder's Justice League. Most movies do not need to be three hours long. They just don't. They just don't. Okay. I don't need it. Um, you know, Disney, I applaud you for the choices you made with uh, a lot of the choices you made with Little Mermaid and the casting. And it's very progressive and, and giving people great who have talent, great things, but it does not have to be two and a half hours long. It shouldn't. Please stop. Please stop. That is my plea to you. Um, and if that's how you feel, check out Muppet Pastor and Assault on the Snake Man. Greg, who would you recommend Muppet Pastor to? Um, apparently, my dog would recommend it to no one. Um, but I, I, I would recommend it. I mean, unfortunately, only to people that are really like find the idea of put a puppet in a movie, comedy, comedy gold. Here we go. Like it. I've never felt more attacked. <laughs> I know. I know. As soon as you said that, I'm like, Nate, it's you. <laughs> um, yeah, you're uh, it, on that one. It, it's hard because um, knowing what some of that, some of the background of, you know, Adam talking about, oh, I, I, I had all these choices, blah, blah. I wonder, you know, him feeling like it's a vanity project. Was it him feeling like a vanity project or was it him noting, oh man, if I wasn't, um, 
on screen most of the time. Behold it in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, I could have made all these different choices. And so then it's hard to compare it to Assault on the Snake Men. But independently, I I mean, honestly, I wish that this had been paired up with like Exorcist 7 or something. Like something that that felt in the same vein, but was on a, you know, a cinematically the same level. Shark Um, Exorcist would have been a good one to pair with this. Which, by yeah. the way, Shark Exorcist 2 with Jessa Flux from Donald Farmer is coming out soon, and we will absolutely 100% be talking about that. Um, I would, I would, uh, this this is such a, a random tangent, but um, I would love to see what he does with, um, with with the budget. I'd be I'd be interested to see what sort of movie he would make. But then I think about the infamous um, Isle of Dr. Moreau movie. Um, with Marlon Brando, and I think about the story of that director who basically got pulled out of his own project, lost his mind, runs into the woods, hides with the locals, <laughs> um, seeks that. Like, like I'm like, would that be Adam? Would Adam, if put in a big budget <laughs> scenario, you know, you know, run into the woods and never be seen again, um, uh, crushed by the weight of corporate bullshit? But um, no, he's yeah. crushed by the weight of all of the mustaches. Yeah, all yeah. the mustaches. I would love to, yeah, I would love to have it where every single person in a sequel has a mustache. Women, men, children, dogs, puppets, everybody. At least at the some camera. point, or have it be, like, communicable. Like, they don't have it, and he shows up, and then, like, everyone has <laughs> you, a mustache. You all, you all need to watch this on YouTube, by the way, as well. Uh, we do launch every new audio episode on Tuesday at 5 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, but also on YouTube at the same time. And Thursdays, we drop a classic episode for you on video uh, at 5 a.m. on Thursdays on YouTube. But you need to watch it because you need to see Greg's new puppy, who is adorable uh, and and truly a thing of joy. Sorry, Mandy, didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. It's okay. Anything for dogs. Doge. We're all just watching the dog. Uh, Yeah. So, so anyway, who continue? Who would you recommend Move It Pastor to, Mandy? Um, I would recommend Move It Pastor to, I guess, semi the people that I described before is just like you are specifically a fan of Exorcist films, or uh, you know, you find Muppets funny, which I mean, apparently, just the two of us anyway. So I recommend this movie to the two of us. I think, like, if you enjoyed, like, Daisy Durkin, like, ridiculous mm-hmm. film, if you enjoyed, like, Voice Fury, if you enjoy those, like, low-budget films where it is very clear everyone is having, like, a pretty good time, I mean, sometime at their own expense, like, go mm-hmm. for it. Like, this is, it has that feel. I think that's why I, like, I react to the most in these films that we watch is more like the vibe of like the people who are making it mm. uh, than necessarily like the plot or how much things make sense or mm-hmm. what it, what, you know, like the filmmaking aspects of uh, like Greg said, like, Oh, they just wanted to put like Muppets in a film. And so they figured out how to do that, but it just feels a little bit like hollow or like um, taped on to um, the overall structure of the film. Like I don't generally like, pick up on that stuff as much as you all do but like i get the vibe of like they really love this project yeah i think that's fair and and something else that reminded me of this in a way is the kind of thing if you like if you're a horror fan who likes um like leslie nielsen and linda blair's repossessed from 1990 which was you know the official Mm -hmm. like studio exorcist spoof satire film um you'll like like scary movie before scary movie you know it's a little more of a movie um than just skits but that's kind of the vibe of this 
you know, like uh, it, it really does require you to be interested to play off those pre those, those pre-created iconic elements uh, in order to, to probably fully get the enjoyment from it. But again, Hey, if you like puppets, check it out, check it out. Uh, so thank you so much. I'd also like to throw out, I know I've said this a couple of times in different ways, but if you are a filmmaker who's trying to make your own features, uh, especially, you know, low budget DIY features, um, or you're a filmmaker who's in between projects and you want to do that because sometimes those are the best, right? They really bring out the creativity uh, paired with your experience. Um, definitely watch this and check out Adam's commentary, which is on our discs because it's, like I said, it's kind of a masterclass. Like, I feel like everything he says in that is directly applicable to making a first second or third you know diy feature and and kind of being on the right foot from day one which is important because when you're making that kind of movie you better be into it because you're going to be the only one you've got to hold everybody together you've got to deal with every hang up that comes along and only a part of all the work that you have to do is going to be actually filming and like editing the movie so thank you all so much for listening. Remember to go to cultandclassicfilms.com, check out our store, and also go uh, from there to our Patreon, where you can subscribe every month to have fantastic, weird cult films sent to your door. If you have a movie uh, or shorts and you'd like to share it with us uh, and you'd like to distribute or just get us to talk about it, send it to info at cultandclassicfilms.com. That is info at cultandclassicfilms.com, and you can get to that email from our website, cultandclassicfilms.com as well. Thank you so much. Play us out as always is the Chud, and I will see you with all of our wonderful guests next week as always. Please stay safe, enjoy, support strikes, and uh, don't be taken advantage of. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Cult and Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit cultandclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.